0: Hi, I'm Brian, minister here at Harmony Christian Church. Thanks for clicking on our video. Hope this video is a blessing to you and whoever you might be watching it with today. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can go to HarmonyChurch.tv. And while you're there, checking out like kind of who we are. If you'd like to give us a donation, you can do that by sending a one-time gift or a recurring giving. Uh, you can also send us a gift by just mailing it to us if you'd like. Our mailing address is 7100 South Choctaw Road, Choctaw, Oklahoma, 73020. Maybe you'd like to give us a call. Uh, you can do that at 405-391-7310. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at, at Choctaw HCC. You can find out some things that are happening here around the church. Uh, if you're watching us locally, uh, it would be great to see you maybe on a Sunday soon. On Sunday morning at 1030, it would be great to see you in person. God bless you. When I was a kid... My family like to play board games like Monopoly, Sorry, card games like UNO. Uh, Maybe you've gotten familiar with some of those over the past couple of months. Maybe you've been out there purchasing some more board games or card games to play with your family with all the more home time that we've all had here recently. But we weren't a super competitive kind of a family. You know, we weren't hyper competitive with each other, but there was a lot of thrill when we were playing UNO and you knew that you had the draw four card. And you got to plop it down and I could like make my brother or my sister or my mom or dad have to draw four. Oh, it was awesome. It was great. You could put that draw four down and it was like, take that. You're going to have to draw four. I win. You lose. This is great. You know, who doesn't like to win? Like we all like to win. I mean, even if you don't like board games or even if you don't like card games, like everybody likes to win. You know, nobody likes to lose. And it just seems like right now, in so many ways, we're just losing. There's just so many things that we've lost. We've lost touch with family or maybe friends due to social distancing and isolation and quarantine. We've kind of been cut off in a lot of ways. And it just seems like life is just kind of pressing down on us in just so many ways. And, and when life presses in and, and presses down, it, it kind of begs the question of just what's coming out of us? Like, like what, what's going on with us when life is pressing in on us, and what's going on there? Like, like what, what happens when it feels like we're just losing and losing? Because there's so many things that, that are pressing down on us. You know, the pandemic is pressing down on us. Uh, being home more is pressing down on us. What are we going to do with the kids and school and education and daycare? Uh, pressing down on us. The economy pressing down on us there's so many things that are just pressing in and on and around us right now and it's just kind of squeezing in on us and it kind of makes us beg the question of when we're getting squeezed just what is it that's coming out of us just in our lives Like, like what's what's coming out when we're getting pressed and squeezed and and pushed around like this by life like just what's happening to us kind of in life when that happens especially when we're experiencing so much loss and so much grief a lot of us it's when all these things are pressing down it's you can kind of lose some hope and there doesn't seem to be a lot of light in our lives at times it makes it really hard to be grateful i mean but even saying gratitude in the midst of being pressed down on like that just sounds kind of weird and strange and odd and but yet i would tell you that gratitude and grief are not polar opposites that perhaps grief and gratitude are One or two different sides of the the same coin. They're not polar opposites, but the culture we live in makes it really hard. We live in a culture that we're either black or white. You're either for or against. It's either yes or no. And so it's hard for us to see gratitude and grief coming together, but, but they do. Like even in the midst of the things that are going on in our lives and all the pressures and the ways in which we're being squeezed in on, Could it be that God is still growing new things? Could it be that God is still doing things around us? And I'd like to take just a moment let's take a look at a Bible story. We find it in the book of Luke, the book of Luke chapter 17. And and in this passage, we uh, we see some people who have had some experiences in their life where life is pressing down on them or life is squeezing them. And it wasn't like decisions and choices that they made. It's stuff that happened to them. But even in the midst of this, gratitude can be found we find this story in Luke 17, starting in verse 11, says this. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. So Jesus is headed to Jerusalem, and he was doing something that, a uh, few Jews would do in his day, but, but a few did. And that was to kind of save a little bit of walk time. They would kind of cut through just a little bit of Samaria to save a little bit of time on their way to Jerusalem. Most Jews just avoided Samaria. You probably already know that. And, and most Jews, you probably already know this, most Jews, uh, well, they just hated Samaritans. In fact, Samaritans hated Jews. Uh, little Jewish boys and girls and little Samaritan boys and girls, they didn't play with each other. They didn't go to the same schools. They were told from the time that they were little bitty to kind of hate on each other. If a Jew saw a Samaritan in need, I ain't helping you. If a Samaritan saw a Jew in need, I ain't helping you. There was no love lost between these two groups of people. And Jesus finds his way into Samaria there, and he sees 10 guys that are calling out to him at a great distance. They're kind of a distance away, but it's not that Jesus is keeping their distance. We're told that they are at a distance. Maybe they just did that by choice, or it could just be the ancient form of social distancing that they are experiencing in this moment. And a lot of times in the ancient world, when people were ill with things like leprosy, you had to keep your distance. You had to cut yourself off from family and friends, from your work, from a lot of the things that you found familiar. And you were only allowed to hang out with those people that kind of had like your illness. So here we have this group of, of people that have leprosy. They've probably been hanging out with each other for a long time. And they call to Jesus. They're like, hey, hello, Jesus. We're over here. Would you pay some attention to us? And they call out for some help. We get this to verse 14. It says, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, that's kind of a mind-blowing event just to even kind of think about that, uh, being healed in that kind of a way. And that's sort of certainly a miraculous thing that happens and we don't know if it happened like immediately like is this just a few steps on their way to show themselves to the priest is it 25 steps is it some maybe they had an ancient step counter and at some point in time um you know at step number five thousand all of the sudden you know they're healed but at some point in time on their way to see the priest they're healed this miraculous thing happens and certainly that grabs our attention that's where our kind of our focus goes but it's not really like the main focus of the passage because there's still more to come like there's jesus's response to some of these things that are happening here so so it says it says this uh, verse 15 it says uh, one of them when he saw he was healed came back praising god in a loud voice he threw himself at jesus's feet and thanked him and he was a samaritan so in this moment, uh, there, So in this moment, or just a few moments ago, there were ten guys standing just a little ways away from Jesus, and they were like, "Hey, come, come help us, come help us." And Jesus was like, "Okay, go show yourselves to the priest." And on their way to go do that, they they get healed. There were ten of them, but only one of them stops on the way, makes a choice to turn around and come back. And Luke doesn't want us to miss, and he certainly doesn't want jewish readers of this to miss that the only one that came back is a samaritan that person that you despise that person that you think is beyond the pale the one that you're suspicious of like all the time well yeah that's the one that came back and said thank you they showed some gratitude they were thankful that even in the midst of being pressed down even in the midst of being crushed by the things that was happening to them in life they made the choice to stop to turn around to come back and say thank you thank you show some show some gratitude show some gratitude been given a tremendous gift in fact all of them had been given a tremendous gift they all were healed but only one came back to say thank you and jesus doesn't miss this in fact uh, in verse 17 we read this it says jesus asked were not all ten cleansed where are the other nine has no one returned to give praise to god except this foreigner then he said to them rise and go your faith has made you well so jesus can count he's got 10 fingers and he's like hey wait a minute there were were 10 guys standing over there and only one came back like where'd everybody else go only one came back to say thank you and luke says something kind of interesting here about this one that chose to come back and say thank you, it's not only that that guy was healed. Luke says that, uh, that not only are they healed, but they're well. I mean, you do know that's a difference, right? There is a difference between being healed and being well. Like, you can have all the resources you need and still not be well. You can be comfortable and still not be well. You can be healthy and and still not be well. And and here in the story, we see the same thing. These other nine were healed. Well, we certainly, we don't know what they experienced. I'm, I'm sure that they were grateful on some level for what had happened. And while they had experienced a healing, they weren't well. They weren't made complete. They weren't made whole. There was a lack of gratitude. Perhaps they were grateful, but They never expressed it, and we'll never know if they were. This one is the only one that came back and said, thank you. You know, gratitude has a way of helping us see a bigger picture. has a way of helping us see a better picture. In fact, being a truly just grateful person is the ability to say thank you for all the things that have gotten you to the spot that you're in in life. And that's hard. That's difficult. It's difficult because we live in a, we live often in the world where like we feel like we have to choose. We feel like we have to pick between the people and the events that are that are the good ones, the the things that we are grateful for, and then we have to pick between the other events and the other people that we aren't grateful for. And we have to kind of keep those two things separated, and we have to have this choice between accepting these and not accepting these. But yet, this story tells us here that even in the midst of difficult circumstances, even in the midst of the pain of things, there's gratitude, and there's being well in the midst of all those things. I don't know about you, but uh I like orange juice, a bit of an orange juice fan i I'm, I'm I'll be honest, I'm not much of a juicer uh or anything like that but but maybe you are maybe you like to make the juice and stuff and they, they say that when you, when you you know juice like your own oranges and stuff like you're getting like all the nutrients and all the vitamins and, and all the things that you possibly can kind of like out of that orange. And so like if you were to take the orange and you you know you stick it on the machine here, you just kind of make yourself a little bit of orange juice, you get yourself a little bit of juice out of this orange, you get just a little bit you get just a little bit the only way that that happens. The only way you get any juice out of this orange at all is that you have to squeeze it. You've you got to put it on the machine, and you've got to squeeze it down in order to get even just a little bit of juice out of it. So in order to get any kind of good out of it, you've got to squeeze it. The same thing kind of with our lives. Sometimes, even in the midst of being squeezed and being pressed down and pressed on upon good things come out. Good things are still available. They're, they're still here. I guess what I'm trying to say is this. Maybe there's a lack of light in our lives. Maybe there's a lack of hope in our lives. Maybe sometimes the only thing that we can see in our lives is all the things that we have lost because of a lack of gratitude. We, we, we just stop saying thank you for the things that are in our lives. It's just a lack of gratitude. And when there's a lack of gratitude, it's there's a lack of being made well, of, of being made whole. And that's hard. That's difficult. It's hard to have peace when people are in a panic around you. It, it, it's hard to feel well when it seems like everybody is sick around you. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to have those things. It's difficult when you're being pressed, when you're being squeezed. And yet, we are told this little passage here lets us know that we still have a choice to make. This one Samaritan made the choice to take responsibility for the gratitude in his life. He stopped on his way to see the priest, turned around, came back, and said thank you to Jesus. Back in the ancient day of 2003, there were some researchers that got together to figure out like, does, does gratitude have any kind of effect on people's lives? And it was, it was, the research has been reduplicated many times, but, but basically the, the little simple little research study that they did was this. They got a group of participants, and over a period of 10 weeks, they asked them to write down every single day words or sentences about things that they were grateful for on that particular day. And they did it. And at the end of 10 weeks, they sat down, they met with the researchers, they went over the things that they were grateful for, and what the researchers found was is that after 10 weeks, just 10 weeks of writing down words and just little sentences about each little day, about things that those people were grateful for, what they found was is a reduction in the anxiety level of those people. I guess you could put it like this. Gratitude is an antidote to anxiety. And if we're all experiencing anything right now, if we're all feeling squeezed right now, the things that's kind of coming out of us is a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress and a lot of experience of all the things that we've lost. What about just a little bit of gratitude? Gratitude has this way of bringing hope and light back into the room, making us grateful for the things that we've seen the things that we have in our lives. Maybe we might just take a lesson from this Samaritan. Maybe we all just need to stop for a moment, turn around, head back to Jesus, and just say thank you. Thank you for the things that we have so that we aren't just healed from whatever, but maybe we might just experience being well. God bless you. This is Psalm 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nation, his marvelous deeds among all people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. Peace be with you.